the songs and you read the scriptures and it all comes from God's word and how it all just makes everything one. It's very beautiful that way. I appreciate the uh, uh, the opportunity to be able to stand up and speak to you this afternoon. I hope the things that are said here will be able to uh, be taken from, uh, go back to the scriptures and take the things that are in the scriptures there and be able to apply those things to your life. Um, as written up on the board, uh, the weary road or the journey home. It's uh, it's really talking about our life and the way that our, our life lays out is only a span of time that we have. And that span of time that we have is really a, a race against time itself. Uh, we don't know how much time that we have, um, so we need to make sure that we're doing what's right uh, every single day in order to serve our God. And the weary road is kind of like the life without God. The journey home is going home to our Father. Um, I heard a story one time that uh, in in all of the animal kingdom so to speak whether you're the uh the, the gazelle that's looking to to uh wake up in the morning and 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 live its life or you're the lion that is looking for its next meal so the prey or the or the predator no matter who you are when you wake up in the morning the one thing that you better understand is that you need to be running um and today hopefully that's uh that's something that will be brought out in the fact that um that's what we need to be doing because when it comes to our, our life and what we're looking to do in our race against time, um, the road that we must go down uh, is very much how successful we are is going to be determined by what we believe in. Our, our, and what we believe in has everything to do with our faith. If uh, In Hebrews, uh, we'll be in Hebrews today in the 12th chapter, but in Hebrews 11 verse 1, it states there that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you can see that a lot of times we must believe in something more than what we can see with our eyes and what we're going through in the moment. Uh, there is much, much more to the life that we live other than the things that we have to go through. We have to think about the things that we are fighting for, the things that we are living for, and what really matters uh, to us. Uh, and what matters to us is, is not how we see things, but how God sees things and how we react to that. Um, because we have to study and we have to know what is true, and then we have to put that within us, and that has to be the core of who and what we are. We have to make that be what it is that we are, we are made of. Um, i tell you a story uh, about running. I used to like to run quite a bit. Uh, I was in the military and whenever I, I started and first started running, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> it was very difficult. I wasn't used to it. Um, but after a period of time, I learned to love to run. It was something that, that if, say, if I went just a couple of days without running, I missed it. I, I, I knew that it was something missing from my life. And I wasn't even the same person because I hadn't been running. It, wasn't, it was really just a part of who I was. Um, and you know, not being able to run now, I definitely, I definitely miss it. Uh, there's, there's a part of me that that always will look to that and, and wish I could, I could still do that. I'm just not physically able to do that. Um, but whenever I, I did run, uh, fortunately and unfortunately, I was in an, an MOS or a job in the military where we had to run long distances. 
And when you have to run long distances, and I know Buddy does that and Mike's done some of that, but uh, you learn something about yourself each and every time that you test yourself to run long distances. Um, oftentimes in the military, you might run 15 or 20 miles. But uh, every week, at least three to five times per week, you run at least five miles or more. But it was those long-distance runs, those, the ones that really tested you. And for some crazy reason in the military, they decided to, on those long runs, the 20-mile runs, they decided to go ahead and put in some obstacle courses. One over here, you know, every five miles, and then one over here maybe at the 15-mile the mark, and you had to get 20 miles. And that's on top of the fact that you were sometimes running up and down mountains that, well, ones I remember called Agony and Misery. That's at Fort, Fort Knox, Kentucky. And it's because it's already testing you, but they decided, okay, well, that's not enough. We're going to put obstacle courses at the beginning, middle, on top of the mountain, and at the end uh, to see if these guys can really, uh, you know, build themselves up. And that's really what happened is over time, you do get toughened up. You do... Uh, start to learn about yourself and gain confidence and, and are able to go through some things that you maybe think that you would have never been able to go through um, before. But at some points along the way in that run, uh, there are going to be mental and there's going to be physical breakdowns and hurdles. There are going to be brick walls, so to speak, that you are going to run into and somehow you're going to have to get over those in order to be able to continue the race. You're going to want to quit. You're going to fall down. Um, you're going to be a lot of times running on empty. And the thing is, is that not finishing is, is not an option. You have to finish the race or you're done. And I mean done. Whenever I was in basic training, you were out. You were gone. You were finished. You were through. And if you think about the race that we are running uh, today, we're running our, our, our life or our race, there is no not finishing. You're going to have to finish or the, the, the uh, outcome at the end is not going to be what you want it to be. You know, so a lot of times you have to think not only uh, what you are running, running for, you have to think of what you're running for, but what you're running away from as a Christian and what you're running toward. These things have to be a part of who you are. Um, there's a definition when it comes to uh, um, running, running, uh, and it, and it has to do with endurance. But uh, when you're thinking about endurance, one of the, the uh, definitions of endurance is the ability to exert oneself, to remain active, to keep going while resisting, withstanding, recovering from, and gaining immunity to trauma, wounds, or fatigue. If you think about that, running actually changes who you are, makes you stronger, and puts you through things. But when you're thinking about res resisting, because you think about endurance, it's okay, well, I made it through. But no, there are things that are going to happen during your time of enduring. Um, but you have to remain active. You keep going. You have to resist the, the wanting to quit. You have to withstand falling down. You have to recover from maybe scrapes or bruises you get in or being winded. You have to, yeah, but you can gain, you think about this, gain an immunity to, to those things, even trauma, wounds, or fatigue. And how is it that you think that you can get through those things? It, it has to do with what it is that you believe in, what we started from the beginning, and what it is that you are running for. And when you're thinking about that, and I'm thinking about being a Christian and, and what I'm running toward or what I'm running for, 
Um, you know, there's there's one thing that I think about. You know, for God so created the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever should believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That promise that is there. And the other thing that I think about is Matthew 22:37, uh, when it says you have to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You think about it, it's going to take everything that you have uh, to be able to endure. In uh, Hebrews 11, you know, you think about those things, but in Hebrews 11, it talks about what faith is, but it also gives you a list of individuals that have run their life and have come out on top. You have uh, folks such as Abel, you have uh, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, by faith even Sarah, by faith Isaac, by faith Joseph, Moses, uh, Rahab, you know, all of these uh, have gone through things, but if you think about it, a lot of these have performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, escaped the edge of the sword, uh, from weakness were made strong, became mighty in war, and put uh, foreign armies to flight. When you think about those things, the faith that they had and, and what it was that they believed in actually allowed them to go through the things in their life and become out on the other side as someone who, who was seen to have faith by God. And they were able to stay with God and not, not leave God along that entire path. And that's our life. In Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12 verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You think about we have someone who has been through much worse than we will ever have to go through in our life, and we have that path to follow. It's a lot easier when you have a path, say, through the jungle, this life, that has already been cut and you can see the way to go. You, ha- you know where it is that you need to place your next step in order to make it through. And that helps out a lot when you're running up that mountain or you're going through the obstacle course or whatever it is that you're having to go through in life when, when struggles and trials come upon you. But think about it. It's, there's a joy that's in there. How does that joy come into play? Because we know what we are running from and we know what we are running toward. We know that we want, don't want to be where we once were, but we want to be where our Father is. And that's what we're running towards. In verse 3 it says, For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You think in this life a lot of folks do grow weary. Uh, they get tired of being, after a long time maybe of being, being a Christian or whenever you first become a Christian, all of a sudden all these things come upon you and now I'm not supposed to let all of the things that are happening to me in this life affect me spiritually, which means I need to c- continue to run the race that is set before me. A lot, and you can't let circumstance or situation define who you are. And in verse 4, it says that you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood and striving against sin. If you have forgotten the exhortation was addressed to you as sons. You think about it that our part of our reward, part of our inheritance whenever we become Christians is the fact that we're no longer strangers from our God. 
but we through through Jesus Christ have become sons we have been adopted now we are a part of our father teaching us and this race that we were going down is definitely a proving ground is definitely a way that we are getting taught things about ourselves and the life that we must live and it says that you have not yet yet resisted to the point of shedding blood and striving against sin do you notice that each time that we go through things and we get on the other side of it it's not quite as bad as we thought it was but the next time that something comes along, and it maybe it's different for each person because everybody runs their own race, but one thing might be the end of the world to somebody as far as what they're having to go through. Um, but another person, it might be a light thing that they're going through. Everybody has their, their own uh, race that they need to run in their own obstacle courses and their own uh, uh, things that they have to get over, their own brick walls that they have to get over or around. Um, but we haven't, we haven't in this... I don't think any of us have, have been in the threat of somebody taking our life or shedding blood in order to serve our God. But we do have to strive against that sin. And that is the thing that we have to do. Part of the endurance is, and striving is the fact that we're not giving in. We're continuing to push forward. We're continuing to move. We're continuing to run. And the thing is you're thinking about it, if we are... Like in verse 5, it says, If you've forgotten the exhortation addressed to you by sons, my son, if you do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by Him. For those whom the Lord loves, He disciplines, and He scourges every son to whom He receives. For it is for, it is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom the Father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all of these have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Do you sometimes look left and right and think about people that are not in the gospel have it a little easier than you? That, that you think that they're not, not having to, to conform um, uh, or, or not conforming to the way God wants things. They're just doing things how they see fit. It seems like they have things a little bit easier. Uh, brothers and sisters, no they don't because they don't have the father that we have. They don't have the promises that we have. They don't have the assurances that we have. You think about in those times when people must go through things, we're, we are, God allows us to have to go through things. But think about it as, as His children, we always know that God is there. That we know that it has been said that we won't be tested beyond that which we can withstand. You think about it in the world, they don't have those promises. There's not something that they are running towards that is, that is in the back of their mind. And when they are going through things, there's no avenue, no true avenue, that they can get, get uh, a rest. Or no, maybe not rest, but they can get encouragement. They can get, get um, their breath again. And think about it, that our Father... If, if we have that discipline, you know, what does discipline you know, do for us? If, if we have that endurance, then it gives us discipline. We're able to the next time maybe not have to go through the same thing or maybe that we're not ha it's not as difficult the next time uh, that we're going through that. Further, and in verse 9, Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us and we respected them. Shall we much, uh, much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they discipline us according, uh, for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines for our good, so that we may share in his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. In your life, have you ever gone through anything and you're saying, why in the world am I having to go through this? It's not going to make any difference 
It's not, it's, it's not doing anything to my good or to my betterment. But when you think about it, everything when you were a Christian, things that you were having to go through, there is a lesson to be learned. There's something that maybe that you can take from it. When you say that everything that good happens is because of God and everything that bad happens is because of, of, of me or something that I'm not understanding, then you put God in such a high and holy place that, I, that I'll, I'll continue to follow. I'll continue to run because whatever it is that I'm going through is not as bad as, as Jesus has gone through and I know it's for a reason. I used to say to Antoinette all the time that everything happens for a reason. Well, I believe that's true if you're a Christian. We have to go through some things that, that, are, that are completely crazy. But there's always something that we can learn, you know, even if we have to endure things and hardships that we must go through and things that, that people of the world would say, my God, why do you allow these things to happen? And they want to start blaming God for things. No, the world is what it is. And if, and if there's something that's happening to us, there's, there's something that we can learn from it. There's something that we can gain. There's something that we can be trained by. And when you think about that, uh, it's sharing His holiness in verse 11, all discipline, it talks about, it seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful, yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. Think it seem, seems not to be joyful. Do you know anybody that's going through uh, troubles or trials and they still seem to be happy? They still seem to be unaffected. They're still giving encouragement to other people. If you think about the life of Jesus, that is the perfect, our perfect example. Jesus in his life was, his life was always being sought after, but yet he continued to pour into those around him, and he always seemed to have that joy that was there. So in verse 12, this is something that, that whenever I found the definition of endurance, it really made me think because it says, Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight the paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed. You think about it, the things that are wrong with us, the things that we, we, we suffer through, the, the things that are our weaknesses, those things can be changed. We can become strong in those things. And think about it, I don't know if you've ever had had uh, you know knees that have been been out and having knee pain, but think about it that if you continue to run instead of continue to damage your knee, if you continue to run, all of a sudden that knee all of a sudden is going to go straight. You're going to gain more strength in that knee. You're going to you're going to start to get faster. These are the things that we are promised whenever we run our spiritual race. That the more that we allow ourselves to go through, the more that we see that it is a training, the more that we allow ourselves to be able to endure, the more built up we are in order to be able to run that race. And I want to tell you, sometimes, you know, it's those guys that, that, that look at it that way and that are falling that way and us Christians that are, that are able to reach over to our brother and grab him. And pull him up next to us and let him run beside us. Or we have to stop and maybe like in, in some of the runs I was in and run back to the back of the line where people are falling out by the wayside and pick them up and say, come on. Our strength can, can be there for other people because it's not our strength that we, are, we are going, that we are using. It's a strength that we have because we know the joy that is set before us. We know what we're running from and we know what we're running toward. And in verse 14 it says, Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. See that no one comes short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by, many it be, and by it many be defiled. 
You think about that root of bitterness. You, a lot of people do get upset with the, the walk or the run that they're having and that race is that, man, why i got to do this again? Now, I'll tell you, I, I had my brick wall going up that agony and misery, those two mountains. And you know what? At a moment, I had, a, I had weakness, and I was angry. You know what I was angry about? And, it's, and it's, uh, I'm, I've always felt shame because of this, but I was angry because the guy in front of me wasn't moving fast enough. See, because we had to run in formation. And this guy wasn't moving fast enough, and I just wanted to take him and like, ugh, just push, because we were running with packs. I just wanted to push the back of the pack. And I looked at that back of that pack for like five miles going up that hill. And you know, I just want to shove this guy out of the way so I can get up this hill. You know, but you can't have any of that bitterness. Why am I having to go through this or, or blaming other people or, or the things around you for the fact that you have to run this race or that you have to, have to put forward this endurance? Don't let those things catch up to you. Don't, don't let it spring up and cause trouble because it's going to take you out of who and what you are. It's going to take you out of that, that core that we're talking about. Because remember that when you think about that verse, uh, you have to love God with your heart, soul, and uh, with all of your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. See, there's a second part to that. You have to make sure that you are looking out for others along this way as well. And here's the, point, the, the, the part that is, that is so sad. In verse 15, To see that no one comes short of the grace of God, and no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by many be defiled. And there is no immoral or, or, or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal. Do you imagine giving up on the race just so that you can stop and rest? Giving up on what is at the end of that? That, that, that finish line, us being with God, our Father, uh, because something was a little too difficult along the way. Because you've got to understand that when it talks about a birthright, when we became Christians and we inherited those promises, we became sons and daughters. We have a birthright. We have an inheritance. We have those promises that have been put before us. And how it is that we could ever, ever take something like uh, a little bit of fleeting pleasure or a little bit of relief, or a little bit of rest, and, and, and give that up for, for what it is that, that we are looking towards to. And that's that home. That's what we're going to. We've slipped over and went into the weary road if we're thinking about those things. And we're living just for the moment instead of understanding that there is a journey that we're on, there's a race that we're running, and there's a destination that we're looking forward to. And that's... It's so sad when you think about it because in verse 17 it says, For you know that even afterwards when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought, it, sought for it with tears. You know, it says that in the end when those are put in the lake of fire there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And there's nothing that can be done at that point. The people have stopped. The race is over. And now there's just eternal damnation there's nothing to look forward to the, the race is done and if you think about those things wanting to run and running with our God and what we're running from and what we're running to it will go into uh, verses uh, 18 thinking about the fact that, that earthly and then heavenly for you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and to a blazing fire into darkness and gloom and whirlwind and to the blast of a trumpet and the sound of words which was the sound of those 
who, who heard begged that no further could be spoken to them, for they could not bear the command. Even a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am, I am full of fear and trembling, but you have come to the Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the myriad of angels, to the general assembly, and the church of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. Why do we run? Brothers and sisters, we run because we're told to. That's as clear as it is. We're told to run, we're told to endure, and there are consequences if we don't. You know, we can, we can quit. We're given, given that ability. We can, we can quit. But when you're talking about uh, what it is that we have at the end, why ever quit? Because in verse 25, it says there, See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. And his voice shook the earth then. And how as he promised, saying, Yet once again I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. The expression yet once more denotes the removing of these things which can be shaken as of created things, so that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Our acceptable service, brothers and sisters, is to run. Is to run. Not stop running. But once we have found the race that is set and it is set before us to get our feet moving and continue moving until and keep our head down until we look up and God is standing in front of us. That's what we can because think about it. If you talk about escaping and where we are, the journey home, we're not home. We're running away from something. We're running away from the fact that this earth that we live in is going to perish, it's going to pass away. It's going to be gone. And we're running towards our God, which, is, which we are trying to escape eternal fire. Why would we not run? That's when we talk about that our life here is a race against time. We don't know when the clock is going to be up. We don't know how much time we have in order to run that race, in order to reach the end. Many of us will, won't, reach the end, uh, won't, reach, won't reach the end before we're gone. You know, because we don't know how much time we have. We could, you know, this afternoon I could, you know, I could, I could die and pass away. And if I hadn't been running prior to that time, and if I hadn't been running correctly before God, I am lost. You see, so it's not saying, okay, well, I'm going to speed up at the next, at the next turn or the next bend, or I'm going to, I'm going to wait till I'm down at the bottom of the mountain and, and the coastal. Lo- no, those you can't think about those things. Our job is just to run. To endure everything that is set before us because there is a reason why that we're going through that. And the reason why is because that's what it takes in order to get to our God. You know, it's, uh, it's sad that when we look out the window, uh, when we go to work, when we, when we meet other people and we tell them about God and we tell them the good news. We tell them how much Jesus loves us and how much our Father is looking forward to having His children one day. And it doesn't mean anything to them. You know, but what we have to do is make sure it means so much to us that other people around us can see it. You ever have a group of people 
that all of a sudden just run by you and you're wondering why why are they running? You know, I think that's how it is sometimes. We we continue to run, but if if we don't understand, if we don't gain knowledge, if we don't look into the scriptures of of how it is that we run, the way that we run, there's there's everything that is ascribed to us. But we know and understand by looking in Hebrews 11 that those who have run and and, and have completed the race, they they are given uh, in in the they're they're given to us in the scriptures so that we can understand that this isn't something that we go through alone. It's not something that that we have to you know um, take completely upon our, our our own shoulders because. There are other people that, that can help us. Maybe we're the person that somebody has to reach back and grab a hold of and pull up next to them and say, and get that encouragement. But let's make sure that we're running the race in such a way that we're looking towards the prize at the end. Um, I appreciate the time that we've had this afternoon. Uh, I hope that it has been beneficial. The, the, the big thing that in this study that, that, uh, that, that I really came to understand more than than uh, the times that I've, I've read Hebrews 12 before is the fact of what is endurance. Endurance is the fact that I just made it through. Endurance is the fact that what I did to make it through all along, I got better. Uh, I was trained more. I was becoming more disciplined. So that just like when I was in the military, you know, the first time I ran the 20 miles, it was tough. The second time it was tough. The third or fourth or fifth time it got a little bit better. But then all of a sudden they added in, you know, obstacle courses. But I was constantly getting trained to be able to take on more and so that I could also help other people do the same. Because as soon as that happened, there were younger soldiers that came along that had not been trained by it yet. And you have to help them. You have to move move them in front of you. And instead of being like me, you got wanted to push somebody over. You have to get in front of them and maybe sometimes pull them, you know. So I appreciate the time this afternoon. Um, it's important that we all take stock, take inventory, or examine ourselves to see how well we've been doing with our race, our run. Because it's, it's a daily thing. And, and sometimes I think, and Miss Betty made me think about this many years ago, but, uh, you know, you take one second, one minute, you know, one day at a time. And if you can put together a good day, that's, that's pretty good. And say, today I didn't falter, today I endured. And then you can say to yourself, I did it. So tomorrow, I'm going to go and I'm going to do the same thing again. And then you get better and better. And then all of a sudden the weeks come together, the months come together, the years come together. But then that's whenever we have to learn not to be weary on the road. And remind ourselves that the road that we're on, the race that we're running, is taking us somewhere that we can, can never imagine the joy that's going to be there. We can, we can imagine, and I want us to put that in, in our minds, but we have no idea. Anything that we have here in this life that gives us any joy or comfort, those are only small representations of what is waiting for us in heaven. And then there will be no weeping no gnashing of teeth, no crying, no tears, no pain, no suffering. All of those things that, that we have to go through in order to get there. But how joyous is the fact that we get to run? Because think about Esau. He couldn't run anymore. He was separated from that. You know, let's not be 
uh, and Esau, someone who sells out in order for us to be able to coast and take it easy because then we've already received our reward. If you're here today and, and you take a look at your life and you see and understand that you have not been doing the things that are necessary in order to run the race, in order to give God the glory in your life, I, I uh, strongly suggest that you sit down and you pray to God. If there are things that are in your life and you know that they need to be fixed and you need help, come forward and ask for the prayers of the congregation. Come forward. Find someone. Ask them for help. Reach over to your buddy and say, I need, I need help. Because that's the only way that we're going to be able to make it. And if, if you know others that are out there that, it, that, are, that are not a part of the kingdom, that are not on the run or on the race, remember, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, your neighbor as yourself. It is our duty to speak those words, to, to invite, to bring people forward so that God can have as many children as can possibly be before the time is up on this life. Thank you for your time this afternoon. If there's anyone that needs to respond to the gospel, we ask you to come forward as we stand and as we sing.